You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger to anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbing and Matt Smith. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 79. <laughs> I'm so confused. I know. It is episode number 79 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and I am in Matt's conservatory we studio are, yes, this week yes absolutely yes yes somebody's going on holiday so it's yes. all a bit uh, it's all a bit stressful in the stebbings household. i hate to say i'm, <laughs> I'm I, I hate to say that i'm i'm horribly having having to go all the way um tomorrow morning in the wee small hours from gatwick airport off to the island of malta oh dear so uh, I'm flying out with the wonderful airline that is EasyJet <laughs> oh, no. from, uh, from Gatwick tomorrow morning. Um, so any EasyJet staff listening, uh, look out for me. I'll be in the, <laughs> I'll be yeah, in the queue. That's, that's maybe not a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yes, yeah, so that'll be. And yeah, I'm off to the Malta Air Show on Sunday as well. Can't wait for that. That's yeah, on bet. Sunday. They've got an awesome lineup this year for the air show, and it'll be my first. Air show in Malta. Really? So, yeah. Oh, I thought you'd been before. Well, I've been to why. Malta many times. Well, no, I, I know that. I think anybody who's ever listened will know that you you are a fan of Malta. It has to be said. So the date today is the twenty fifth of uh, September. It's a Friday, and the time is just coming up to uh, ten to seven in the evening. Indeed, yes, slightly later. But uh, as you say, the, the show has been recorded in a slightly unusual uh, order. We've just got, uh, we've just done a lovely interview with Betty, which we shall put out later on in oh, today's yes. show. Um, so that's why we're sort of starting a little bit later. Obviously, those who are listening on YouTube live, you've already heard it. Um, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> guys. Yeah, for those those on YouTube, you've already heard the interview. Yes, absolutely. So you're very lucky. <laughs> Indeed, you really have been spoiled with this one but uh, no it's it's great um so uh, i suppose we ought to get cracking really don't you yes so we're going to start off the show then as we do with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the uk so if you're ready matt i certainly am then let's go So, kicking off the first news story this week on the Hazard X on the Net website, this one. Say what? Say what? Exactly. <laughs> uh, and this one is uh, regarding the uh, the 777, the British Airways 777 that had the engine, the uncontained oh. engine failure a few weeks back on September the 8th. The uh, headline, General Electric says, allegations of flaws in the engine type involved in Las Vegas uh, are completely inaccurate. Ooh. So on the sick, uh, 8th of September, uh, one of two engines on a British Airways Boeing 777 exploded during takeoff uh, from Las Vegas at McCarran Airport. The captain was able to abort and stop the aircraft in time, evacuating all the passengers and crew without injury. Uh, but according to uh, the FAA-issued bulletin and the Airworthiness Directive in 2011, Relating uh, in, to the engine in question, a General Electric GE90-85B turbofan, after discovering cracks in a well joint, uh, the directive said that the unsafe condition could result in an uncontained engine failure and damage to the airplane. GE and Boeing initially unsuccessfully petitioned the FAA to remove the unsafe condition paragraph, saying they did not agree that there was a risk. Uh, the regulator ruled that the products must undergo mandatory and repetitive inspections. 
Airlines would have to check up on the engines after 48,000 hours of use, or 6,000 flights. One thing the investigators will now have to consider, uh, the Daily Beast said, is whether the intervals between inspections mandated by the FAA were too long and that a crack appeared in the compressor and went undetected. Following the uh, up uh, on the article, um, Fortune contacted the companies involved in the accident, BA and Boeing, and said uh, that they would not comment while the NTSB, the National Transportation Safety Board in the U.S., uh, their investigation is still active. A GE spokesperson told uh, the Daily Story that the completely uh, the story that we had um, earlier about the uh, fan blades issues were completely inaccurate. And it said that the four-year-old FAA directive about the GE90 highlighted in the article made specific reference to a part that was not installed into the GE90-85 engine involved in the BA incident. And on the 7th of uh, November 2012, uh, cast your minds back, an Emirates Airlines uh, 777 uh, suffered an engine failure on takeoff from Bangkok International Airport in Thailand. Uh, the pilot there managed to shut down the engine and put uh, out the blaze with the onboard fire extinguishers uh, built into the engine itself. Um, the uh, aircraft continued uh, to M Mumbai in India where it underwent a single engine landing. Um, so this uh, incident then obviously still under investigation by mm. the NTSB and um, the engine manufacturer, obviously G uh, GE, you know, standing strong there and saying that, um, you know, their engines are... Are you know uh, excellent engines un unless up to the, uh, up to the, the up checks to scratch, aren't done basically. properly? Yeah. Well, hmm, I don't know. I, th I think we need more information on that one, don't we? Really, before we can. Uh, I'm sure there'll be uh, other reports and stuff coming up uh, on there. So that's that's good. Yeah. So moving on to our next story. Yeah, certainly. Uh, just have to bear with me. Two seconds. We'll have to just pause a moment. Are you having? Oh well. Yeah. Uh, I should continue in the chat room. Yeah. No, it's all right. No, it's all right. It's fine. Uh, I'll 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 trim it for because I've got to edit it this week anyway. Okay. Because of the thing. So. Oh, hello to uh, Paul Tricker has just said in the chat room, uh, Carlos. I hope you're you know, you're returning you're returning singing the praises of EasyJet, probably the finest budget airline in the world. Hashtag fat chance. No, well, I, I'm. <laughs> I. I, I, I've flown with EasyJet before, and I am flying with EasyJet tomorrow morning. Right. So, uh, you know, I've, um, I, I'm looking forward to it. I am. I am definitely uh, looking forward to it. Sorry, sorry, the reason why is that for some reason we've lost the image um, from, from the, the, the website, the laptop that we read the stories from, which is what I'm just trying to very quickly um, sort out. Okay. Um, and also, earlier on in the chat from Jonathan Warner was um, was commenting on my T-shirt that I'm wearing here, Oh, yes. Which yes, for those yes, of you guys that, yeah. who are in the uh, chat room can see. Yeah. And, All they can see is you at the yeah, moment. It is, it is the, the cat, uh, the piano-playing cat, um, which those of you in the UK who watch the, the uh, TV series uh, the IT crowd will know that um, the character on there pl uh, wears sort of T-shirts. Like <laughs> so that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why I've got this one because right. I'm a fan of that program. Uh, how, how are we getting on? Yeah, there? nearly there. Sorry, one. Uh, it's all right. The 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 for some reason it's because you've upgraded it to Windows Seven, isn't it? Windows Ten. Oh, just as well on an offshoot from this as well. Um, as uh, we're in the chat room. Um, Jonathan Warner has just said that the Egyptian K-8 arrived in Malta today. Mm. Um, 
I've I had a look at the uh, the flying list and stuff, and and I've got that ready um, to take with me. And uh, the 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 lineup at the airshow Malta is awesome. It is I'm so looking forward to that right. on Sunday. Um, I'm just looking through getting up the details while while Matt's yeah, trying sorry, to sort out the slight got, technical I've got, issue. I've got a, uh yeah, oh, here we well, go. Well, if if the, if the fire thing, firewall thing doesn't work, then we'll have to manage without. But, okay, uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, so the participants in uh, in the air show, then we've got. I mean, there's the Belgians and the Canadians, the Egyptians, Germany, Greece, Italy, Malta, obviously, and NATO have got uh, an E three AWACS going to uh, <laughs> to the show. Uh, the Polish Air Force, the Polish Navy, Qatar have got the Gulf helicopters there, the Augusta one eight nines. Um, the Romanians are there with the CJ-27 Spartan. be good to see that. The Swiss Air Force are there with the PC-7s and Beach 1900. The Royal Air Force um, awesome. have got quite a good uh, line-up there this year. Um, they've got the Eurofighter Typhoons. There's two of those there. Um, also, the Tigers Parachute Display Team are going to be at the Malta wow. Air Show, um, which is from the Prince of Wa- Princess of Wales Regiment. Um, cool. Also, the Royal Navy... I've got the Avenger T1, uh, the Wildcats. I've got two of their Black Cats helicopters there, which I've seen the pictures on the Air Malta website being delivered uh, by C-17. And also the Merlin HM2 helicopter is going to be there. And the US, um, I've got the C-130J Hercules and a P-3C Orion as well going there. So loads for me to see there on Sunday. Um, I will uh, be leaving uh, Gemma very safely um, yes, yeah. at, at the, the bar, uh, at the yes. villa, um, <laughs> with with wine. Ah, good. Um, oh, she'll be all right then. So, yeah. So the flying displays are going to start at ten past one in the afternoon and finish at six uh, six in the yeah. evening. Um, so it's quite a big day on Sunday. I'm hopefully going to get some great interviews there at the air show. Um, to play on the podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, I'm going to have to abandon it. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to yeah. our next news story. Then. Are we still? Hello. Yes. Oh, yeah. Do you want me to do this next? No, story? it's right. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. On to our next story. Then this is. Sorry, it's because you were laughing over the end of it because I've got to have a clean thing to cut from. So. Okay. On to our next story. This is uh, a Ryanair website. Surprise, surprise. That always seems to be the case with story number two. And the headline is Ryanair denies breaching customer law or consumer law. Uh, Ryanair has dismissed accusations by the Civil Aviation Authority that it is breaching consumer law. The UK aviation body is threatening legal action against the airline for failing to adhere to European legislation. But Ryanair's director of uh, customer service, Fiona Kearns, insists it already complies with the rules. She said Ryanair has requested an early meeting with the CAA to clarify any misunderstandings that may have arisen from dealing with some historic cases. The CAA claims Ryanair is still failing to comply with rules over flight delay compensation despite pressure from the airline body and binding court decisions. Whilst it has managed to force three other airlines, that's Jet2, Aer Lingus and Wizz Air, to change their policies, the CAA says Ryanair is still not falling into line. It claims Ryanair is not properly dealing with compensation claims for disruptions caused by routine technical faults in line with applicable consumer law. It says the airline is also still trying to impose a contractual two-year time limit from the, ti- from the date of flight uh, for passengers to issue compensation claims at court, despite previously publicly uh, committing to a six-year time limit. 
The law is clear that compensation must be paid if a flight is delayed for more than three hours by a routine technical fault, the CAA Chief Executive Andrew Haynes has said. Uh, It's also clear that air passengers have up to six years to issue a compensation claim at court. This position was reaffirmed by the Court of Appeal last year. The CAA is committed to protecting the rights of air passengers and we are determined to ensure all airlines comply with this regulation. That is why we are announcing this latest action against Ryanair today as our recent work has shown that they are not complying with this consumer law. Our review of airline policies has already led to Jet2, Aer Lingus and Wizz Air changing their position. We will do everything in our power to ensure that passengers are receiving the support they need and are legally entitled to during and after disruption. The CAA is taking legal action under Part 8 of the Enterprise Act 2002, mandating that Ryanair change its policies. It is taking the action after a study of policies of the last of the 15 largest airlines operating in the UK, representing 80% of all passenger traffic. It is now undertaking a second compliance report to review a further 16 airlines policies due to be published by the end of the year. It warned that if any of these airlines are found to be in breach of consumer law, it wouldn't hesitate to use its powers to launch further enforcement action. So then again, another story with uh, Ryanair with all these claim sort of bits and pieces yeah. and stuff. I don't think this is not going to uh, end, I don't think. It's always, no. There's always going to be something somewhere about a claim or you know bits and pieces like that but we will continue to use Ryanair well of course we everyone will. yeah well no of course we will because we're, we're only you know it, it, we'd be fools not to frankly so yeah and I, I don't uh, I don't know I, I ironically the, the one who's always sort of not slagging them off but you know what I mean it's <laughs> uh, I do I do sort of kind of understand a bit really that if you accept the terms and conditions about not claiming then you've accepted the terms and conditions do you know what I mean but um, perhaps I'm the one in the wrong I know we're, yeah. we're we're good here at complaining in the UK. Oh, we are. It's, it's our chosen specialist subject in life. Mm, you know. My wife is anyway. Yeah, well, quite right. She's very good at it. <laughs> Nobody messes with her if they've got any sense. <laughs> so uh, on to the next. Story. I'm just going to have a quick uh, say hello to a brand new listener um, as well, who's watching us via YouTube, and uh, hello to Chris Smith. I'll give you a wave, Chris. Uh, Chris Smith is, is someone I work with actually he's actually oh. yes one of my work colleagues so uh, hello to you Chris hope you're enjoying the show you better be <laughs> <laughs> no pressure no pressure no, pressure. no. so moving on to our next story uh, actually on... Chris what is he like at work just out of interest I, you're I not, like Chris it. is not going to tell you what I'm like at <laughs> yeah work. he will I'm the hardest worker there yeah okay <laughs> right moving swiftly on to our next story on the InsiderMedia.com site, and uh, this is regarding one of our airlines here in the UK, Flybe, uh, receiving delivery of new aircraft. So low-cost airline Flybe, which has its base in Southampton, has taken delivery of its first plane as part of a deal with commercial passenger aircraft leasing company Aviation. The delivery is the first of a series of new ATR-72-600 aircraft, which will be progressively delivered to Flybe during the course of 2015 and early 2016. This contract was initially announced on the 23rd of February 2015, with rates and terms said to be typical for leases of this type. The initial duration of the leases is six years, with options to further them extensions uh, by Flybe. Aviation Chairman Jeff Chatfield said, We are satisfied with the financial outcome of owning over 20 ATRs. 
We have uh, flying today uh, in liveries of several airlines uh, in a variety of countries and environments. We are pleased to be associated with two major European aviation operators like Flybe and SAS and we are confident that the introduction of these new ATR 72-600s may bring us additional uh, opportunities to take place uh, in uh, with additional new ATRs around Europe with other airlines uh, who may start replacing their uh, fleets with uh, early generation aircraft. So good news for Flybe. Mm. Um, and from Southampton, an airport I haven't. I'm yet to fly from Southampton. No, I haven't. Um, but I've yet to fly with Flybe actually. Uh, perhaps some of the listeners might know uh, or might mm. have had experiences with Flybe, see what they're like. But actually, uh, going, going back to the previous story, as uh, Matty Fabers just uh, pointed out in the chat room, it's uh, it's no wonder we're hearing these stories so much. I mean, you think the majority of people do fly with Ryanair, mm. so by process of of percentages alone, you know, by by sh- by that alone, they're more likely to have the most amount of complaints sort of sided against them if you like with with that but uh, yes there we are what can moving on to our next story yes. this one's especially for Matt because it's his favourite uh, oh, favourite airport I'm in the world so happy yes this is on aviation <laughs> media uh, in their news section and the headline is London Luton's 100 million pound redevelopment project taking shape well that's good news I suppose because uh, I am flying out of there uh, on the 3rd of um, no on the 6th of October so oh wow I know so let's hope they've got it finished you're by then. flying from Luton yes after everything know, you tell our I listeners, know, I know. you booked a flight from Luton. I know. I, I didn't, in my defence. Okay, I'll okay. let you off. But, well, I, I say that, actually. I, I, I'll come back to that in, uh, when I finish the story, uh, and, I'll, and I'll explain why in a moment. But uh, London Luton Airport uh, has appointed uh, White Mountain to deliver the first phase of its £100 million development project. White Mountain, part of the Lagan Group, will... Uh, manage the construction and civil engineering of landside infrastructure and transport facilities. This will see the existing approach to uh, the the existing approach road to the terminal building turned into a dual carriageway. The redevelopment of the short stay car parks and on airport road network, the remodelling of the set down area, and the repositioning of the coach terminal. The one hundred million pound investment uh, to said airport is set to transform the airport by increasing capacity from twelve million to eighteen million passengers per year by 2026 as well as increased capacity the work will deliver significant improvements to the passenger experience let's hope so Uh, the first example of this is a newly created security search area located uh, on the ground floor which went live on september the 8th the new area is equipped with the latest scanning and tray return systems uh, designed to improve the speed and ease that passengers can clear security Further major improvements include uh, improved rail services, better road access, uh, improved retail and F&B facilities. What's F&B facilities? Anyway, we'll come back to that. Uh, The uh, work is underway to double the the existing retail space, introducing exciting shopping and dining options and creating a new world-class executive lounge. Nick Barton, CEO of Luton Airport, enthuses the appointment of White Mountain shows we're making good progress on the development. Uh, the relocation of the security search area will make a positive difference to passengers. We've increased the size of this facility and introduced the largest technology, or the latest technology, sorry, which will allow us to speed up the screening procedures and minimise waiting times. I must admit, the one thing that I didn't have negative to say about my visit to Luton was their security. No, their sec- security is good, Matt, but it's, it's just the way it's set up at the moment at yeah. Luton. 
Um, well, it's a bit of a haphazard kind of mishmash of a system. Well, we, yeah. we, we, are, we are flying with Luton, as I said, despite having vowed never to do it ever again. But um, we have got, because uh, the, the, the problem that, that, as I mentioned before, was the distance from the departure lounge uh, to um, the actual aeroplane. And they have actually offered, having contacted Luton Airport, they have actually offered assistance. Really? So if that goes according to plan, my opinion of said uh, airport may well be very different. I'm just letting the cat out. So Sorry, Matt's just letting it go. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on to our next story on the Yahoo UK news site. And uh, Lufthansa doesn't rule the out cooperation with EasyJet, uh, the headline. So the head of German airline Lufthansa uh, does not rule out the possibility of cooperation between its low-cost arm, Eurowings, and uh, in British rival EasyJet. Uh, Lufthansa chief executive Carsten uh, Spur uh, said that he can imagine a possible collaboration between Eurowings and EasyJet and Soften had never made any secret of the fact that Eurowings should be an open platform and uh, EasyJet had uh, frequently expressed interest in working together with the Lufthansa group he said in a face of ferocious competition, the airline has transferred many of its short and medium haul flights uh, to its low cost subsidiary German Wings in recent years, and it plans to beef up uh, that business using uh, Eurowings as a rival to operators such as Ryanair and EasyJet. Those plans are the bone and contention in a long and bitter battle between management and Lufthansa pilots that uh, has seen repeated industrial action over the past 18 months. After a German court ruled that a 13th walkout early this month was illegal, discussions between the two sides resumed on Thursday this week. Now, Matt, I mean, this would be for EasyJet to merge with, uh, you know, mm. like the Lufthansa Group. Would uh, would you know? It would make EasyJet easily, the biggest, easily yeah. one of the biggest uh, low-cost carriers because if they had the, the kind of help and the, the network. Um, collaboration with with Lufthansa, I mean, it, it would be huge. Is that a good thing, though? I don't know. A lot of airlines around the world now are are you know code sharing is one of the things. Yeah, like yeah the but code sharing, code sharing is very different it's, it's to merging, different. isn't it? I mean, it's. Uh, but I mean, it, it, I think it, I think the airline can you know it can make make things better sometimes because Lufthansa is a very good brand. The mm. actual Lufthansa brand is is a fantastic brand. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm I'm not so sure. I, I always get very nervous when these big companies merge. Never quite sure how successful it's going to be, really. But uh, anyway, on to our next story. And this is on Flight What a techie one for you. Oh, is it? Oh, God. Mm. Here we are. Lots of words I won't be able to pronounce, no doubt. So this is on Flight Global, and it's Imasat partners uh, Deutsche Telekom for in-flight broadband. Ah, here we go. Imasat, M in Marsat is how it's uh, so in, in Marsat is set to cooperate with Deutsche Telekom to produce broad uh, to provide broadband access on commercial aircraft in European airspace through a combination of satellite connectivity and ground-based mobile phone networks with Lufthansa Group in line to trial the system oh, this is good uh, a European aviation network will jointly be developed to provide passengers with internet access similar to high-speed broadband at home, says Deutsche Telekom, which argues that the use of ground stations in addition to satellites will provide uh, cost-efficient and future-proof solutions for airlines. 
Uh, aircraft flying at altitudes of up to 10,000 feet will connect to ground networks, uh, while flights above that level will utilise both satellites and the ground infrastructure, Deutsche Telekom indicates. Cabin systems will automatically switch between these networks with no impact or interference for onboard services, it adds. Alluding to the fact that Europe has some of the world's most crowded airspace, uh, Imasat uh, chairman Andy Sukaway says, with this integrated network we can meet the need for capacity, flexibility and quality of service, including the ability to expand quickly to anticipate growth in demand. Lufthansa will try trial the technology from 2017 for the summer 2016 schedule the group will equip short and medium haul aircraft to provide passengers with broadband access for their digital devices via imasat's uh, satellite services this will include aircraft at the german mainline and sister group carrier austrian airlines citing customer preference the group said that mobile phone calls will not be enabled via the broadband connection. Lufthansa will be the first European network carrier to to offer passengers broadband access on short and medium haul flights, it says. I'd be good if it works. I'm not sure about this whole sort of... I'm sure they've done the done the maths obviously but sort of mm. uh, and the cost as well for mm. the user as well which would be interesting to see yeah. how much they charge for these kinds well, of things well and that herein lies the $62,000 question and that may be how, <laughs> how much, much it, it is costs. per meg yeah. yes exactly, absolutely yeah. <laughs> blimey <laughs> mind you I said before on previous episodes I've used it, I've used the, the um, internet on board Emirates on their 380 mm. and that and it was it was quick, it was quick. yeah well, oh, well, you sent me a whatsapp didn't you yeah, I think, yeah, yeah whatsapp yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. absolutely fine well there we are watch this space watch this space Next story then on Flight Global's site, the headline, uh, Finnair targets U.S. debut for the A350. So Finnair aims to become the first airline to operate an Airbus A350 service to the USA, with plans to use the Dash 900 for New York JFK flights before the end of the year. The One World carrier outlines its uh, intention to do... Looking at words out there to deploy the type to the USA later this year, in detailing a slightly adjusted A350 uh, launch schedule today. Discussions on possible start dates are ongoing between the carrier and JFK officials with a uh, view to beginning services in December, says Reek Munk Christensen, Finnair's head of traffic planning at the World's Route 2015 in Durban. She declines to say definitively that flights uh, will begin before the end of the year, saying only that more details will be available in two to three weeks' time. If Finnair launches the A350 service to the USA in December, it would beat the fellow One World Alliance partner Qatar Airways mm. to become the first airline to do it so, albeit by a matter of a few weeks. The Doha-based Qatar will be uh, debuting the A350-900 on its flights to Philadelphia on the 1st of January 2016. Well, that's an mm. awesome date to launch your first flight on that aircraft. Well, uh, well yes, <laughs> it's the start of the year. Uh, Finnair had planned to introduce the A350 flights uh, to Shanghai Pudong from its Helsinki, uh, Helsinki hub on the 20th of October, but disclosed today that the launch will not occur until the 21st of November. Mm. It will begin European flights with the aircraft on the 9th of October. In addition to New York, the airline plans to debut the A350 flights uh, to Beijing, Bangkok, Hong Kong and Singapore before the end of 2015. Mm-hmm. So another new aircraft coming yeah. in line at the A350 uh, mm. XWB. Mm. 
This uh, aircraft we've talked about a few times before looks very similar to the Dreamliner, right. which Boeing make, obviously. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's going to be a, it, this is this aircraft is going to be a day di- uh, direct competitor to the Dreamliner. Without really? Question. Yeah. Gosh. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see who comes up. Oh, sorry. Who comes up top? Trumps here with uh, orders. So, so what's the A three hundred and fifty? Obviously, what's the nine hundred? What does that? It's it's the I think they night they do a dash one thousand. I think the nine hundred right. is sort of one of the bigger one of the, the larger bigger sizes. Ones. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Blimey. Well, well again, watch this space then. Um, so so first of January next year. So it's really not only a couple of months away. Yeah. So yeah. New Year's New Year's Eve or yeah. New Year's Day flight. Yeah. New Year's awesome. Day flight. Fantastic. Anyway, next story. This is Flight Global, and the headline is Chinese state company commits to 300 Boeing orders. Oh, that's good news for Boeing. Uh, A holding company of China's Civil Aviation Administration has signed an agreement committing to purchase 300 Boeing aircraft in a deal worth $38 billion at list prices. Obviously, they never pay list prices. Uh, Boeing has announced. The deal includes commitments from state-owned China Aviation Supplies holding company to purchase 240 aircraft for service with China. Chinese Airlines says a Boeing media release. Those aircraft include 190 737s and 50 Boeing wide bodies, though Boeing does not specify the wide body model or say which airlines will operate the aircraft. In addition, China Aviation has committed to purchase 60 737s for leasing companies ICBC and CDB. Uh, leasing, Boeing has said. The uh, Boeing Airlines has played an important role in supporting the development of China's aviation transportation uh, for the past 40 years, says uh, Li Hai, uh, president of China Aviation. In Boeing's release, these additional airplanes will further help connect the people in China and around the world. The news came the same day that Chinese president... um, the Chinese president visiting Boeing's factory in ever. I'm, I'm sorry, I chickened out there, ladies and gentlemen. I, I wasn't even <laughs> going to attempt to pronounce that name. name. So humble apologies, but uh, but what? I mean, what? Another order, another huge order for Boeing. Three hundred yeah. aircraft on yeah, top of the yeah. on top of the already backlog that they've got yeah. um, for the seven three seven. They really um, are going to have to what, turn up their uh, production lines, aren't they? That's, uh, that's I tell you, I'm almost sort of um, on the uh, cusp of moving to the States just so I can go and get a job with Boeing. <laughs> yeah, I tell yeah. you, uh, for those of you in the chat room who can uh, who can hear or who are watching and listening to us, yeah. I mean, what an awesome job working for yeah. Boeing must be I in bet. that factory because yeah. that factory is huge, Matt. Is it? it yeah. is so big that the, the staff are given cycles to get from, <laughs> from one area <laughs> oh, to no the other. Way. Actual, Yeah, actual bicycles. Awesome. Uh, it is that big. Um, but, yeah, I would, I'd love to work for Boeing. I so would. So moving on to our next story, this one on Flight Global and the headline, Cathay Pacific investigating A330 emergency diversion. So Mm -hmm. Cathay Pacific is investigating an engine issue that forced the uh, crew of one of its Airbus A330s to make an emergency landing at Denspar's Nagur Ray International Airport on the 24th of September. See, at least he didn't wimp out like me. (laughs) In a statement, the carrier elaborates that the aircraft was operating flight uh, CX-170 from Perth to Hong Kong when a defect occurred in engine number two. The engine was shut down and emergency landing was declared. Fire services met the aircraft on arrival and the aircraft landed safely in Denpanzar. Denpanzar, there we go. <laughs> International Airport okay. uh, in early in the early hours of the morning and yeah. taxied uh, to a normal bay, uh, says Cathay. 
No injuries were reported among the 254 passengers and crew on board the aircraft, and the Australian media reports uh, say that eyewitnesses saw flames coming from an engine and heard Always a good sign. Bang. Always a good sign, yeah. <laughs> Before the plane started to shake, uh, and Cathay states, however, that there was no fire on board. Uh, Cathay also confirms that the aircraft involved uh, is registered as uh, Bravo Lima Alpha Golf. Uh, Flight Global's Ascend Fleet's database shows that the aircraft was built in 2007 and is leased from Air Cap. Well, we've got one of the ca- we've, one of our coaches clears its throat on a regular basis. That's perfectly normal. <laughs> <laughs> I have to I have to say I have to say that uh, Matt came past mine uh, I did. my house yes. this afternoon yes, uh, on did. his one of yes. his uh, school runs. Yes. And um, he has a really loud horn. On That's his coach. not the best one. You, the the one that I'm because I'm I'm between coaches at the moment for detail, details of which I won't bore you with. Um, not because I broke anything before anyone says anything. Um, but um, you wait until I'm in the one that I'm going to be in for a little while. Uh, and I will. I shall blast a blast because that's a two-tone horn. The one that I, that, that's like. Oh, it's, it's, anyway, I, I'm I'm waffling again, um, which is uh, apparently. Perfectly I, I always like for me, Matt, go yeah. past. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed, it is. It's a full-on air horn, isn't it? It's amazing. Uh, anyway, Jonathan Warner in yes. the chat room. Hello, Jonathan, and uh, he's saying he couldn't fault EasyJet. Uh, he he says it's a bit cramped, but uh, for 138 quid. Um, him and his wife uh, had a return trip to Milan. Oh wow! Uh, he can't complain. Well, I mean, we had a flight. As I say, we went to Egypt. Um, <laughs> time, we- Matty Fabs, but time to switch the lights on. Yeah, no, what? Yes, I need to do yeah. some. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll put the other lights on in a minute um, when when Carlos is reading his last story. But uh, or I might even do it in the break. But uh, yeah, I mean, we- but, but it's cost. I'll, I'll tell the guys in the chat room because you can. Oh, I'll tell everyone in the world. Actually, yes. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> So our flights going out with EasyJet to Malta uh, came in at 139 quid. That's not bad. He, uh, for both of us there. And well, each? No, for both of us. Wow. 139, just That's to go good. out. Yeah, yeah. Coming home, we're coming home with Air Malta. Right. Uh, another because, Airbus. Yeah. And uh, to get home with Air Malta, the flights cost us £79 each. Wow. Yeah, to come home. So there's only about tenner in it then, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, really it's cheap. not bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was saying it's sort of cramped actually. As I say, we went to we we flew to Sharm El Sheikh, um, and that was EasyJet. And mm. I have to say, actually, I I had a completely opposite experience. It was probably the most spacious I've ever had. It's mm. the most spacious it's I've ever had on a flight. I could get my knees underneath the seat and everything. <laughs> I mean, it was it was amazing. And I you know I'm, I know I'm a big guy, but I'm also quite a tall guy. And and so mm. it's actually I struggle to get my I struggle to get especially on Ryanair. Anyway, uh, but I have yeah. I have pre-booked our seats flying out tomorrow. Have you? Yes, I paid a little bit extra, a little bit extra because it is yeah. only a little bit, and I have uh, reserved us uh, seats um, tomorrow morning at the mm, front of the aircraft. Get you, so, get yeah, you. Yeah. Oh, well, my you, eye, my you just eye, want to annoy the captain. Well, <laughs> actually, I was going to move to that. My my thinking is <laughs> that because we have speedy boarding, that mm. I'm hoping that we'll be the first ones on board. Right. And then what I intend to do is shove my hand luggage case into my wife's hands right. whilst moving towards the flight deck and have a good old chat with the with And then the be promptly crew. arrested before Probably. getting on holiday. But <laughs> Come on, Guy. Everyone in the chat room, look, you, you agree with me here. If it, if, it, if it was a chance to go up on the flight deck, even, you know, even when you're on the ground, you, you're going to take it. You're going to take it. Hmm. 
Yes. Uh, anyway, the next story. Next story. Uh, the next story. This is on Flight Global as well, uh, again. This is uh, Air New Zealand to phase out last of the 737s in September. Oh. I know. Boo. Uh, the Air New... Uh, Sorry. <laughs> He's moving my mouse again, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the uh, Air New Zealand will phase out its final two Boeing 737-300s in September, completing the transition of its domestic jet fleet to Airbus A320s. We'll be out of the 737 uh, next month so we are on an A320 cost base with a well configured aircraft with lower cost units or unit costs uh, Chief Executive Christopher Luxon said uh, we are speaking uh, we, he was speaking during a briefing after the carrier revealed that a 39% increase in operating earnings to um, 548 million New Zealand dollars um, for the financial year ended in on 30th of June. Flight Global's Ascend Fleet's database shows that the airline now has 27 A320s in service and has orders for two more of the baseline variants as well as 14 re-engined A320 Neos and four A321 Neos. The A320neos will start de- delivering in fiscal tw- year 2018. Uh, the airline says those aircraft will gradually replace the A320C. Uh, I think that's A320neos. It flies. Is it COs? What's an A320CO? It's a Neo. It's a new engine option. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, a it's, it's a typo. My yeah. apologies. Yeah. It flies on trans on, on trans 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 Tasman. Trans Tasmanian. Oh, I see. Yeah, or Trans Tas, or Trans Tasman. Yeah, Trans Tasman. I put I'm Grant, a Grant, right message. Grant story. will be emailing you now. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, forthcoming abuse on its way, no doubt. Uh, Air New Zealand will also start to draw down its fleet of Boeing seven six sevens over the next year, with all five aircraft to be withdrawn by the end of fiscal year twenty eighteen. Earlier this year, Luxon told Flight Global that the airline was looking at potentially retaining the seven six sevens longer but now says that it will continue to roll them out as it continues to take delivery of the new 787-9s. The airline will also take delivery of three 787s uh, in fiscal years 2016 and 2017, with two due uh, in 2018 and one due in 2019. By the end of the fiscal year 2017, the carrier will also have removed the final three Beach 1900D turboprops from its group fleet as it focuses its regional operations around larger Bombardier Dash uh, Bombardier Dash Bombardier. A- Bomba- Bombardier. Sorry, I've done it again. It's because I'm English. Was here Bombardier. Uh, yes, Bombardier. Sorry. Bombardier Dash Eight Dash Q three hundreds and ATR seventy twos. A bit of bit of quick information. Um, something I didn't realise. Um, but the dates anyway. The first bit of info on these seven three seven Dash three hundred. They first flew in nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Um, it was the first of the next gen type of seven three sevens. Had all the glass displays in the cockpit. Mm. Uh, very popular aircraft. One of the things I didn't know was that um, the 737-300 mm. uh, can be retrofitted with the aviation partner's Boeing winglets that you see on the, yes. the new, newer 737s. And when, ha- when they have the winglets fitted, they are then designated the 737-300SP, which is short for special performance, because the winglets Ooh. give... Increased, increased fuel right, yeah. right. So there we go, a bit of information for everyone there. Wow. So on to our last story then. Actually, just quickly, just before I forget, Dan Hannington has put on there that uh, he loves Air New Zealand. And, uh, oh, bye, Philip Davis. Airline. Oh, Philip Davis is going. Oh, f- uh, bye, Philip. Yes. Give you a wave. <laughs> He's got to get ready for work. 
Thank, oh. Thanks. I'll have a good trip to Malta. Thank you very yes, much. Yes. Thank you. Um, there we go. Current engine option CEO Matty Fab has just corrected me. There, CEO is current engine option. Oh, so it wasn't a typo. No, it wasn't. No, a typo. okay, excellent. My, my fault. Sorry. Splendid. Well done, I'll, Matty Fab. I'll hit myself there. <laughs> um, yeah. So Dan loves Air News. I, I haven't flown with Air New Zealand, but I do love their uh, their uh, safety videos they have. Yes, we. Well, I mean, they're quite often massive YouTube hits, aren't they? Oh, I mean, blimey, yeah, yeah they're like they're yeah. massive. They're like um, big. Budget production. Well, they had the whole the whole cast of um, the the Hobbit, didn't they? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, if you, have, if you haven't if you haven't seen it, YouTube it because it is it is absolutely brilliant. But uh, anyway, final story: Flight Global, and the headline is Flight Global launches Fleet's Analyzer Data Service. Mm-hmm. So Flight Global has launched its brand new online data platform, Fleet's Analyzer, the most comprehensive and authoritative source of aircraft fleet data for manufacturers, suppliers and MRO providers. Mm. Inspired by the ACAS Fleet's database and available to subscribers via the Flight Global dashboard, Fleet's Analyzer is a highly lucrative and uh, flexible putting key data on 350,000 commercial, (laughs) business, general aviation and military uh, fixed and rotary ring aircraft at the fingertips of industry professionals. Refresh daily, um, the updates provided by Flight Global's team of uh, dedicated data researchers and access via a web browser. Fleet's Analyzer helps aerospace professionals quickly identify new business opportunities and gain a complete understanding of the global fleet. And um, there's a screenshot, actually, there of the, of the site. I think you have to be a professional to see this. You oh, see. do you? Um, um, but, uh, well, I mean, Flight Global do do a kind of a database, anywhere online, where you can search for, um, for aircraft and fleets and yeah. stuff like that. And uh, I just, I find it, I, I, I like to look through their one because I find it interesting to see uh, what aircraft. Well, and we quite often feature stories, well, in fact, you know, mm. we, several of our stories today have been, been, been from their database and it's, it's great because you do get lots of information, um, for, hello, he's laughing, look out everyone. No, it's just uh, Matty Fab in the chat room has uh, put, uh, he's going to shut up now, he sounds like he's a teacher correcting me. That's absolutely fine. not, That's don't fine. you dare. Yes. Carry on. <laughs> absolutely, Carry on we need all, me. trust me, we need all the help we can get. Uh, <laughs> so that uh, brings our roundup of the news from the commercial side of things it's to a does. close for this yeah. week. And uh, we've got some uh, military news to yeah. bring you. And uh, yeah, and then we're gonna then then we're gonna put Betty's segment out. Yes, we will put Betty's yeah. segment out okay. after that as well. So so we'll, do, we'll be back in a sec. We're just gonna go and have a quick coffee, and we'll be back after this. Aviation media has long been the domain of the newspapers and magazines. Well, not anymore. I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran, and we're bringing aviation right into your radio. Yes, we're making aviation cool and interesting for everyone. Hang on, aviation's always been cool. Check this out. How cool is this? Grant, Grant, turn that down. Here at Plane Crazy Down Under, we've got pilots, engineers, air traffic controllers, industry leaders, even politicians dropping by to talk to us about the amazing world of aviation right here in Australia and occasionally in New Zealand as well. Wow, that's cooler than I thought, mate. Find us at PlaneCrazyDownUnder.com, on iTunes, or lurking about on other people's podcasts just like this one. We've got crazy accents and lots of great aviation content. And we promise not to talk about the cricket. No, never. Not the cricket. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> what is cricket anyhow? Something we win a lot. Oh, there oh. we go. <laughs> Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. 
So we've got uh, a military segment to bring you now. We've got uh, a few bits of military-style news yeah. to bring you. And uh, obviously things are still ongoing in the chat room. We've still got everyone in the chat room still, which is great uh, yeah. to see uh, all you guys. Nice gonna, and busy this week. I know. It's we're going to give a quick, quick uh, run through everyone who's in there so far. We've got Matty Fabs in there. Dan Hannington's in there. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Warner. Philip Davis has been in there as well. And Jonathan Warner, yes. And Neil Braden. Hello Ooh. to you, Neil. Paul Tricker. Hello to you. I'm just scrolling down the list here. Who else have we got here? Um... Uh, I'm scrolling down there. Pip didn't join us in the chat room tonight. How rude. How rude. <laughs> if I've He's missed anyone out, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm scrolling scru- through the list here. Anyway, come on. You, you need yeah. to get going. I need to get going. I've got a flight to He's catch. got a plane to catch. He's literally got a plane to catch. I literally yeah. have, yeah. And I know that that lovely wife of yours is going to have a huge list waiting for you when you oh, get home. Blimey. Of chores that you probably should have done earlier and haven't I done. Know. So, <laughs> so, uh, right, so we're going to bring yes. you a rundown of the military news. So... <laughs> If you're ready, Matt. Oh, I'm more than ready. I was born ready. Let's go. So kicking off then our first news story on the military side of things this week. On Flight Global's site, the headline, French Navy receives their 15th NH-90 NFH. So the French Navy has taken delivery of its 15th uh, of an eventual 27 NH Industries NH-90 maritime patrol helicopters. With the latest example, also the service's first in the final radar configuration standard. So enhancements over previous iterations of the radar include better performance in rough seas, while improvements have also been made to the Thales flash-dipping sonar for better submarine detection and classification. The mission system also gains a digital map generator. Uh, Known as the Cayman, the French service, the NH-90 TTH performs a wide range of missions, including anti-submarine warfare, anti-surface warfare, search and rescue, maritime surveillance and special operations, including counter-terrorism and piracy. Uh, NHI is a three-way consortium comprising of Airbus helicopters, Augusta Westland and Fokker. An awesome picture there on the uh, website of the NH-70 um, mm. in on, in the hover. And if you look underneath it, Matt, there, yeah. that, that hanging from underneath is a sonar probe. Oh, wow. That, uh, it, can, it can sort of drop yes. into the water. I should explain, can. apologies, normally I'd show that picture, but yeah. we've got a, a slight technical glitch with uh, Windows 10, which is not talking to the other <laughs> computer, basically. Yeah. So, uh, so yes, can't show that to you. But, uh, yeah, if you Google, if you Google uh, Flight Global... And uh, the French Navy receives fifteenth NH ninety N. You'll see that picture. You'll see yeah. that picture. Yeah. It is worth looking up. It is. It's, it's an awesome picture. picture. It is yeah. a stunning picture. Uh, sorry, the technology has let us down. Basically, uh, okay. On to the next story then. And uh, this is uh, again Flight Global, and it's uh, new maritime capability developed for the MQ 
uh, General Atomics uh, Aeronautical Systems has introduced a new Sonoboy uh, capability for its MQ-9 Guardian Maritime unmanned air vehicle, which alongside a number of other development de- developing technologies could make it a contender to help fill the UK's uh, maritime patrol gap. A concept was presented at the Royal Navy's Maritime Awareness Conference at the RNAS Cooled Rose in Cornwall on the 24th of September, which showed a number of Sono Boys being released from a bay on the UAF, uh, UAV. Sorry. While a requirement for a maritime patrol aircraft uh, MPA acquisition has yet to be released from the UK government, the developments uh, that General Atomics uh, is uh, incorporating into the MQ-9 suggests that it will look to offer a modified Guardian to the complement to complement a manned MPA that is expected to be procured. The new Sonoboy capabilities ha- has been uh, developed alongside Ultra Electronics over two years. Johnny King, director for General uh, Atomics UK Division, says, what we're really looking at is a Predator B carrying Sonar Boys, um, controlling them and sending Sonar Boys information back to the ground station over a SATCOM link, King says. The work has seen us put the system together in a lab and carry out ground testing and prove it end-to-end. We were ready to go flying in 2015, but the aircraft were diverted to more urgent work. Uh, so we will be flying this early in the new year to prove that the system works. So the M- MQ-9 Reaper, most of you know, mm. would have seen these on uh, various programs. Mm. Um, they also feature in the series Homeland. Ah, um, right, yes, And it's yes, one yes. of these unmanned uh, vehicles. A lot of people mm. would have heard of the Reaper. And they are usually used for... You know, firing missiles right. and stuff. Oh, but obviously, this one is going to have kind of a maritime role, which is yeah, is proving that uh, UAVs have got a quite a yeah, wide yeah. range of uh, possibilities. Well, and they're very they're very popular. Aren't they? I mean, it's, there's, there's no two ways about it. So, next story on Flight Global, uh, the headline: Pease uh, um, Pease Base, the National Air Guard Base, begins uh, preparations to house the Boeing KC-46 in 2018. So Pease Air National Guard Base in New Hampshire has begun updating its 1950s-era hangars, once occupied by Boeing B-47 Stratojets and KC-97 Stratofighters, Officer Strategic Air Command, to accommodate the manufacturer's newest creation, the Boeing KC-46. As part of the hangar expansion and modernization, buildings uh, 253 and 254 will be remodeled ahead of the arrival of the 12 Pegasus tankers in February 2018. The U.S. Air Force broke ground on the construction project last week and said in a 24th of September statement that construction will be completed in 2017. Pease uh, Base is third in line to receive the new tanker after McConnell Air Force Base in Kansas and the KC-46A formal training unit being established at Altus Air Force Base in Oklahoma. McConnell Air Force Base will accommodate 36 tankers and should start receiving the aircraft in 2016. The Air Force expects to introduce the 179 KC-46As up to 2028 to replace the Boeing KC-135 and the manufacturer is under pressure to deliver the first batch of 18 operational aircraft by August 2017. 
The development programme is over budget and about a year behind schedule. Surprise, surprise. The first fully <laughs> configured tanker is scheduled to uh, make its first flight on the 25th of September. Wow. The first KC-46 test aircraft in the 767-2C configuration has been conducting airworthiness test certification flights since December 2014. Um, another tanker story then. Mm. We like tanker stories. Yeah, definitely. A bit like the airplane geeks. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I mean, God, they're, they're changing these 1950s hangars. That must be a um, massive project to, uh, to obviously extend and build these hangars a bit bigger to fit, accommodate yeah. all these tankers they're going to yeah, get. Go, going back to the previous story, uh, John, Jonathan was saying, uh, again in the chat room, he can't believe that we're in the market for a new MPA AC when, uh, we're so, when we were so close with the Nimrod MRA. Nimrod MRA 4, MRA 4 was it? MRA, that's it, the Nimrods, yeah. yeah the Nimrod, yeah. Oh, cast, he has a point, actually. Cast your mind back, the yeah. Nimrods were awesome. Yeah. Oh, who's, who's, oh, there we go, we're just scrolling down. <laughs> Paul, oh, who's going to go, who's gone, who's Paul, gone? Paul's off, yeah, family oh. calls, yeah. Oh, goodbye, Paul, Trigger. Yeah. Good, thank you for joining us, thank you for joining us. Neil Braden's had internet problems. Oh, no. He said, can we start the show again? Okay, uh, um, actually, you can actually do that, believe it or not. If you're watching on YouTube, you can actually start again. No. No, no, we no. I mean, we don't have to. They can, they oh, can go back okay, to the beginning. Back again. <laughs> so that was the last story uh, was. for this week. We've uh, kept things a bit short and sweet yes. because I have to go. So yeah. a new segment. Um, this is for me. As I alluded to last week, we are uh, running a new segment on the grounds that I don't know a great deal about aviation, and I'm <laughs> frantically trying to learn. I knew nothing about it until um, I got involved in this little thing. And one of the things that was suggested to me was that I must listen to other people's podcasts. Uh, so this little segment is all about interviewing those people who I've been suggested that I need to listen to. Hey kids, let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives of feel-good sounds. Traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. Oh, she's weird and wonderful. Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen. She's wearing high heel shoes, got her wings on too. You know, I've never seen a better stew. Oh, there's only one thing I can say to them that is the most epic theme tune to a podcast I've ever ever heard in my life and it gives me great pleasure to introduce the owner of said podcast podcast jingle and that is the wonderful Betty hello Betty hello I'm so glad you like this song <laughs> so it was actually it was actually an Elton John track originally wasn't it it was Benny and the Jets uh, of course yes originally so uh, so how did the theme tune come about did a did a, a, a is it a friend of yours that's recorded it for you or or did it cost you an alarming amount of money <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I had heard um, a guy who does jingles for some major podcasts, and oh, I heard right. uh, it's Rich Banks, so I just sort of Googled him. <laughs> and it's always so strange these days that you can, you know, hear something on another podcast or hear something on the radio and actually hire them to do it. So I sent yeah. him the uh, lyrics, and he sent it back to me, and I was like, 
wow i have a theme song <laughs> that is amazing it is as i say we were we were both those who were watching on youtube would have seen both me and carl swaying like a like a mad thing to it it was uh, it is it is really really good so uh now i've been listening to the podcast and i've listened to to two episodes so far i started with the newest and worked my way back so i've been listening to fascinating stories about uh frogs and very bolshy little 10 year olds or very very bold should i say 10 year olds so, so you've been doing it now for 10 years is that correct Yes, it's ridiculous, really. Ten years. I started just doing airplane stories, but people do listen to you, and they start to feel like they know you. And now, actually, I tell stories from the airplane. I also do all kind of traveling, so I tell those types of stories, and actually even just personal stories. And it's weird to me that, you know, people want to listen yeah <laughs> I bet. yeah no no it, well it doesn't surprise me at all to be honest and, and that's the great thing about it it's a very amusing little listener especially for myself where i'm i'm sort of being introduced into the world of aviation it, it's a great way of just sort of getting a feel for the world that you live in without being too heavy and techy which is a a great place to start certainly in the world of matt <laughs> but he uh, yes it's actually everything's very light-hearted you know it's a very light easy type podcast nothing serious really yeah love it no i just love i love the stories you have betty on there that this some of the stories you have just oh they're so so amusing because the trouble is i listen to your podcast whilst i'm at work um which i shouldn't do really but i do <laughs> and um i think people find me find it quite amusing when i'm when i'm there at work and i'm, I'm laughing to myself quite uh, quite a lot <laughs> yeah he does that anyway there's nothing unusual there <laughs> <laughs> so, Betty, not only do you do, obviously, your podcast, which is awesome, you also have uh, written a book, haven't you? Yes, I actually have been quite busy, really. Mm, yeah. <laughs> no, I had a, the, when I started the podcast, a publisher came to me and asked if I wanted to write a Betty book, which I was kind of never really had intentions of ever writing anything. So I was like, sure. Actually, I have another book that's coming out. The first book, I really mm. didn't know that much of what I was doing, you know, so uh, I really liked the second one. Um, so now, yeah, and, and then after I wrote the book, I had to write a bunch of things for for uh, newspapers and magazines and things to get publicity for the book. And then, you know, you get you get better at things, you know, as you practice. Well, I have to say that, um, I mean, as we were talking before we started the show, um, I'm off on holiday tomorrow and I've downloaded uh, the Kindle version for my uh, Kindle oh, so I can read it on holiday, which, uh, yeah, will give me give me some amusement while I'm on holiday. Absolutely. <laughs> and there's actually a lot of aviation things there, actually, too. Yeah, in the book. yeah, yeah. We, we, one of the questions that, well, while we're talking about uh, being uh, in the air, uh, my mum had a, an unusual question. It's like normally you see uh, there's been quite there's actually this time around there's been quite a buzz about the fact that we've been been talking to you and the, the, the chat room has been going crazy. And even my mum, who normally uses this as an aid to sleep, her, this particular program is actually listening to it in the lounge, which is sort of across from us. Because uh, and she's given me a question to ask you because uh, okay. li like myself, she's uh, of a, a what. I, shall I say a, a fuller figure shall we say and uh, okay. she, she requires uh, one of the you know the ex extendable seat belts yeah the question she had was um, when's the best time to ask for it because sometimes uh, whether it's just because of the flight purpose because it's Ryanair and they tend to be a bit grumpy but um, when is when is the best time when you when you get on the plane when's the best time to actually ask for stuff like that when you're not at your busiest essentially yeah, well, you're going to have to ask before we take off. So anytime, really, when you're getting on the plane is mm. fine. After you sit down, because we'll be walking, you know, back and forth, closing overhead bins. Yeah. Anytime. It's really not a problem at all. It's like nothing. And uh, I know some people get 
you know, embarrassed, but really the, mm. the seatbelts aren't that large. And like here in America, a lot of people need them. So it's really just ask any, any time. <laughs> There's a few questions coming through in the chat room. We'll, we'll, we'll bring those up yeah. in a bit. So, um, Betty, so, so basically how did, how did um, your, your passion, your love for aviation start? When, uh, when, did, it, when did the aviation bug sort of uh, bite you? Uh, four years old. <laughs> ah, nearly as young as you then. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, basically, that's when I decided I just wanted to travel. I didn't care how it was going to come about, but I wanted to see everything. I, I grew up in a small town near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I just didn't like the, you know, how everybody knew each other, and they just mm. moved down the street, and they never went anywhere. I just kind of decided I'm going, and I'm going to see everything. <laughs> And this uh, this job in, you know, with the airline has given me more opportunities, really, than I would have ever thought, especially at four. Yeah, I bet. Wow. So how, how easy, um, Betty, is it? Because obviously we've um, we've got some listeners. How easy you? No, listen, listen, listen. How, oh, good, let me finish, Matt. Okay. Terrible man. <laughs> how, how, um, or sorry, how hard, I should say, really, is the training and stuff to become, uh, you know, a flight attendant? Oh, you know, that's actually a very interesting question because it's at times it's very difficult to become a flight attendant because they there were statistics at some point saying that uh, it was easier to get into Harvard than it was to get an airline as a a job as a flight attendant. But like right now, the aviation industry is on a upswing and actually a lot of airlines are hiring. And so right now, I, I think it's actually much easier than, you know, in other times, it all you know everything's cyclical. So because the airlines are doing well, uh, there's a lot more hiring. And actually, if, at any point, if you're really, if you really want to get on with an airline as a flight attendant, if you have another language, you're uh, you have a much better chance at any point in time. Yeah, wow. course, yeah, I suppose so. Because the sort of secondary language is, is is Spanish, isn't it? In America, is that is, yes? It, but any of the languages, basically, because the airlines always need to have speakers when you're going internationally. So if mm-hmm. you're going to Italy, you have to have Italian speakers. You know, if you're going to Germany, you know, German speakers, and it's always a premium. So actually, just speaking more than one language, mm-hmm. you get such a leg up if you're trying to get a job with the airline. May I ask, Betty? Do you do you speak any other languages? I don't. Oh no. <laughs> I don't. I actually speak, you know, uh, seventy words in quite a few languages. Oh, well, okay, <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's, that's better, like better than most of us. Like, sit down and buckle up. Yes. <laughs> yes. Be quiet. Just the important ones. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't have that card when I got on with the airline. I think I sort of um, looked the part, and I think that you know that helps too. Mm. Absolutely. So we're going to turn our attentions to the chat room now for a moment. We've got a couple okay. of interesting questions that have come in here. Uh, Matty Fab has actually asked one of the questions. He asked the question, do you fly? As in, do you have a license? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, short and sweet. <laughs> oh, no, that would be great. It's just that I, you know, everybody has so many interests. I would love to do that. It's just that that's a lot of time and money. Yeah. And uh, Oh, yeah, I can do I, that. I, I spend a lot of my time traveling, so. Yeah, I can say Carlos can vouch for that. He's learning, to, he's learning to fly here in the UK at the moment. So It's, it, it's not cheap. No. Uh, no I, I don't tell my wife how much. <laughs> I half it. I bet she knows. I bet she does. And, uh, and the another one, Dan Hannington's asked, what's your favorite route to fly? I have a lot of them, but uh, I love Paris, Rome, Amsterdam, London, uh, you know, basically a lot of the cities that just about most people would love to go to. And I, I never lose the, never forget that 
there'll be people here in the States that that's their dream, you know, to go to Paris just once, you know, and I can go four or five times in a month. So, you know, you have to remember that, it, you know, it's you always have to re remind yourself how special it is. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And one of the other questions we've got here for Matty Fab, and uh, he's asked you a question, um, one of the ones I asked you earlier, actually, before we started recording. But uh, what's your favorite aircraft to work on? Well, I, I think the 777 is a nice, pretty aircraft. I think it's really comfortable for the passengers and the flight attendants. Uh, but I also love the, the look from the outside of the 747. I think it's mm. the most beautiful airplane. Oh, wow. I must have, I'm, I'm a Boeing, huge Boeing fan. I, I've flown on the 777 quite a few times, and I've had to say it's probably my favorite. And I'm yet to go on the 747, which I hope I do before they all disappear all right. because they all they're all disappearing slowly yeah they are they're getting retired there's yeah. nothing like sitting in the um gosh i i never want to sound uh sounds bad sometimes because i love to fly uh first class you know oh, I don't no, know. No, no, we, we'd all love to do that betty that don't feel ashamed about that gosh <laughs> no but i mean i will go i i will go so far out of my way i'll be like flying from the east coast of the united states to paris and i will fly to seattle because there's empty seats in, um, oh, wow. in i love first it class. Definitely. But what I was going to say that, but sitting on the upper deck of the 747 in first class, there's almost nothing like it because it feels so small. It feels like you're on some sort of, you know, private jet up there. Wow. <laughs> yes. So, so all the um, the destinations you fly all around, over the world in that, Betty. Um, I mean, a lot of people think that the the, the job, the, the the flight attendant job, is a really glamorous job. Is it as glamorous as you see? You know, on on the telly, on on the on the programs and that we see on telly, is it that glamorous that you get to do so many different things in countries? <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, actually, it's so relative because there'll be a lot of people who will tell you, no, it's not that glamorous anymore. You know, because uh, you know we do clean up, throw up, and you know, there's <laughs> there's a lot of things that aren't glamorous. But to me, in my mind, in general, it's still very glamorous. I mean, because I grew up in you know, in a small town and didn't have any money. And the fact that I'm staying in a nice hotel, you know, in Rome. <laughs> oh, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> it doesn't get better than that. No, it doesn't. No, that really is amazing. So uh, I, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask that horrible question now, which I ask a lot of people when we do. Obviously, you have all this massive training that you go through before you start. And uh, I right. think, uh, I think uh, Dan has also, Dan Haddington in the chat room has asked the same question. Is, have you ever had to put all that safety training? Have you ever actually had to do it for real? Have you ever yeah, had to evacuate a plane? For me, really. Uh, it's amazing because I've been flying a long time and uh, I've had a couple, we've lost the engines a couple times. One time they had to foam the runway because they thought maybe our uh, gear wasn't going to come down. Oh, no. wow. But I almost feel like, and this is funny to me, I almost feel like I disappoint people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't have a horrible, <laughs> tragic airplane story. But actually all those people that are afraid to fly, that's actually, you know, should be, you know, they should make them feel better that I, yeah. I've been flying for so long. And really it's the incidences have been few mm. and far between. Yeah, they have. Yeah. So when you're doing your, your rotations and your, your flights and stuff to various places, Betty, do you, do you get to work with the same uh, crews and that? Do you get to obviously know, know and build a really great sort of bond and friendship with other, other yeah. crew members? This is the other thing that a lot of people don't realize is most of the time we've never met and I don't even know all their names by the end of the three-day trip. And I think people <laughs> have a completely different idea of what happens, but there's so many. At my airline, there's over 20,000 wow. flight attendants, so, Gosh. you know, 
really, how how close can you be? <laughs> but there are times, there's certain routes, like if uh, if you if you're going to the same place a lot, then maybe you can. Or if you're in a smaller base, uh, I used to be based in Los Angeles. It was a smaller base, and that way we did know each other. Uh, there was only like. 500 people there so you could get to know everyone and then you could be sillier and do crazier things because i've been known to do some crazy things on a plane i I don't believe you things if you're flying with friends (laughs) yeah yeah, i bet i bet so i'm gonna i'm gonna ask put you on the spot here now i'm gonna ask you two questions the first one where's your most favorite location in the whole world yeah, that's such a hard question but i have a few favorites i loved easter island and uh the galapagos i think they're my two favorites and uh, and and the the obvious answer to the question to to this one is where's the worst place in the world you have ever where, where been? don't you want to fly to <laughs> well there's some there's some answers to that and, and i also have to always worry that i'm not offending people but oh, there's no. some places where the flights are more difficult mm. <laughs> the passengers are more difficult I, I'm, um, I'm relieved you didn't say london frankly no, no. <laughs> No, thank goodness it's not London. Uh, no. London, it's lovely flying to London. Um, but actually, that's another weird thing is London at my airline is actually a junior destination. People don't really like going there because of the uh, – they're very strict with the liquids with the crew members there. Like yeah. most of the time we, we get like a pass. But in mm. London, it's actually stricter than for us than it is with um, – passengers and you get this like really serious pat down like that you need a cigarette afterwards so a lot of people (laughs) (laughs) this is just for the this is for the crew this isn't for passengers this is for the crew i mean and it seems a bit strange doesn't it because you think you'd sort of like you know i mean you guys are you know your your first name is safety isn't it i mean the last thing you're going to do is fingerprinted and we've been you know it's like yeah no there's like it's very serious there in london and so a lot of people just don't want to um uh, Come here, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I think people in London would never imagine that you know, as isn't the pecking order for like what trips are popular. London's way down there just because of the uh, security. <laughs> so if, if we were if we would take a broad spectrum of Europe, and somebody's asked this in the chat room, if we if we to so take a broad spectrum of Europe, what's the worst sort of your, your most disliked location where's the worst place in europe to fly into or the worst one you visited or oh, yes visited, yeah actually i know this is going to sound bad because you want a bad one i i don't think there's a bad destination in europe but i think there's some destinations that we find extra challenging yeah like oh yeah that. yeah oh uh, uh, I, I don't mean like and uh israel yeah. are like yeah. more difficult destinations yeah, okay. Well, especially when it does it make that much of a difference to you, like where 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 countries are in trouble, um, like they are, as you say, like in Israel and, and things like that. Egypt is another one, isn't it? Where where it's actually. Bit... I was going to say that when you're asking uh, about which places I don't like to go, it's not that I don't like to fly there, but traveling in Egypt is is very difficult. They try to sell you the air, and there's all kind of scams and stuff. So that place was challenging for me because I went by myself, and um, actually, it's, this is. There's always so many things to say, but I thought this was very interesting in Egypt. They only have three pickup lines in Egypt. Really? <laughs> and they are? Over and over and over again. It's, uh, I'm your Omar Sharif. Oh. You oh. have Egypt eye. Oh. And this is the best one. Uh, you walk like an Egyptian. Oh, oh dear. Thank you, Bangles. Thank yes. you, Bangles, yeah. <laughs> so, Betty, obviously in, in the UK, we've, we've obviously got, obviously as you said a second ago, we've got really strict 
uh, strict um, security and stuff. Mm. But uh, a lot of the podcasts that I listen to, um, you know, uh, the other uh, the other wonderful podcasts, there's loads out there, aviation ones. They always kind of sort of um, bang on the TSA. Are they really as bad as everyone says the TSA? Are you saying in England or just everywhere? Or just just in the in the US, they kind of they kind of say that the TSA. They, a lot of the podcasts say that the TSA can can be uh, well a bit what, bit of a pain. What's the TSA? It's the Transportation Safety Safe. Administration. Oh. Am I right? Yeah, Betty yeah. probably put me right. That's it. Yeah, I just wonder whether that, whether they are because obviously our, our our guys here in the UK are really strict. So I'm guessing the TSA are are um, stricter, if not uh, even more stricter. In the States. Well, you know, I don't find it as irritating because I, I do it, you know, it's more than once a day I'm going through security So at work when I'm working. So I'm so used to it. It's it's not that troublesome. But I think passengers really get irritated with the whole rigmarole. Mm. And I think that's part of the reason uh, when we talk about, you know, people not being as happy on planes and stuff. I think that all of that really adds to it. So it's not mm. actually the... the airplane experience it's getting to the airplane yeah yeah i'm not going to disagree with you there as i say we've got an airport that we we mention quite regularly there's a luton airport which i hope for your sake you've never ever had to fly into and that's got a <laughs> terrible reputation for not so much for from the, once you get on the plane but that that bit from like the departure lounge to to there is just horrific so betty in the chat room we've had another question uh, from matty okay. fab and uh, he's asking, uh, how often uh, do you have to do your uh, training or emergency training in the uh, sims, the sort of ground simulators? Uh, we do it at my airline. I think it's a similar with every airline. It's just once a year. So okay. it's oh. uh, it's something that we dread because it's yeah. very stressful because we have to scream and shout and they, they mm. get to do like terrorist scenarios and you have to like practice hitting people. Oh. <laughs> Hitting it's a lot people. Of, um, <laughs> Why have you got to hit people? We do. We have. They have dummies, and they. <laughs> oh, I see. Like, oh, right. I thought you. I thought they sort of wheeled in. You know, sort of the the, the unwelcome, if you like, <laughs> and you applied to. No, maybe not. No, they have like <laughs> big dummies, and you have to like hit them, and like you know, it's just not very natural for us. And that, that's you know, relatively new. We didn't used to have to do that in the uh, jet set day. Wow. Do you do you have one of those huge uh, pools, swimming pools, with the really cold water in Betty that you have to go into? They actually have that, and you only have to do that in initial training. Uh, you have to actually get in the raft, and you have to swim. Oh, and they have wow. a really – actually, the whole training center is impressive because, you know, they've got all these different mock-ups of airplanes and mm. um, and the slides and the rafts. And the, it's uh, – if if you're a fan of that type of thing, it's kind of like a playground. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, somebody, was, somebody was actually asking because uh, you, you have links on your site from Amazon uh, as a way of uh, a sort of you – know, sort of contributing towards the costs of of making your yeah. show what's the question that they asked was what's the <laughs> weirdest thing that has ever been bought, bought via amazon using your link you know i, I love i love looking to see what people <laughs> but i don't see any names but oh. i look every month because they're there it's 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 interesting to see what kind of interests you know such a broad section of the you know people have uh, you know like there's those uh there was one time it was that um is it poopery that's that stuff yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Actually go. <laughs> yeah. Is that, there's uh, that there's like all kind of uh strange interests like the books that people buy i can't really think offhand uh you know there's there's a lot of personal um it can be personal sexual products. Oh, hello. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> oh, oh dear. So, but there are no names attached, so it's, there's no real no. embarrassment. <laughs> I shall, I shall have to, I have to be aware when, when I purchase something through Amazon now, through, through Betty's site, I'm going to have to oh, be careful. I've got, I've got, I've got a funny <laughs> colour now. I've got a funny <laughs> colour, bless him. <laughs> oh, that's the only trouble with this. Cameras in the studio, this won't do. <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. Uh, right, let me just have a, let's have another look in the chat, the chat room. Have another look in the chat room. Yeah, yeah so, so Betty, so getting back to, uh, to your career then, um, what, the actual where your career started, your your career with the the airlines and stuff. Started. Have you been with one um, specific airline all your career, or have you sort of had Actually, a couple I've of airlines? Three. Three. Okay. Yes, I started off with People Express, and you probably wouldn't know that in the UK, but it was the original, the first low cost carrier, oh, wow. and it was like outrageous at the time because we charged for coke and charged for peanuts and there were no blankets and that's, everybody that's thought it was like yeah. but the prices were like 19 dollars, and you paid uh on the we actually you paid for your ticket on the plane it's very interesting wow it's literally like a bus essentially <laughs> a bus yeah, of disguise and actually, it was yeah so it was so much fun anytime you're at an airline and everybody's young and it's a new airline there's mm. going to be a lot of partying there's so much fun but not only that is that um we had to collect you know their fare on the plane so people would try to get out of it like hide in the bathroom or move seats but you know we never let them and then they'd say things like because their mind they thought well what are they going to do if i don't have the money you know uh, you know we're already in the air so we would tell them oh yeah we're just going to take you right back and then they go oh and <laughs> come up with the money <laughs> so when it, to what uh, what was the, the, the next or the second we could even talk about the second airline that you um, flew with Yes, I, I will tell you that because it's already yeah, gone yeah. too. So the second one was uh, Continental. Ah, Continental. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Know them very well. Know them. Very, I haven't flown on Continental, but uh, no, I remember the uh, the Continental logo for definitely. Yeah. Actually, I was only there for uh, a few months because they took over People Express. But mm -hmm. um, then I went to a different airline because uh, at the time, uh, Lorenzo. I don't know how much aviation history you know, but he was like a he was the one that killed eastern and he was a terrible mm. person to work with so i had heard all these bad stories so uh when they took over i i uh i was lucky enough within two months to get a job with a uh better airline so because yeah, eastern has, has recently started again hasn't it eastern airlines eastern airline uh, eastern airlines has recently started um started up again yeah you know it's interesting how that happens mm. i think they're actually trying to do people express again too wow because one of the airlines that we hear about quite a lot um, about their customer service and stuff here in the UK is Southwest, and there is a, a huge amount of um, videos posted on YouTube of the uh, cabin crew um, singing and uh, singing, uh, you know, singing the um, the the, you know, the oh, they call it the um, talk, you know, dem demonstration oh, really? stuff, <laughs> and yes. um, singing those, and, and it is quite amusing. Do you, do you sort of tend to add a bit of um, humour to your you know your briefings at the on the flights i don't do it for the briefings but i have been known luckily i'm so lucky i haven't gotten in trouble i have there have been times when the airline has like called me in for something and i've been so worried i'm like oh it's the podcast oh it's that <laughs> thing for trick i did like i have all these terrible things and then it's like something very small and it's like oh thank heavens <laughs> wow oh, thank heavens it's not one of the but um i don't know how much time you have or if you've heard me tell the story but my famous no, crazy thing i've done on the airplane and you might have heard of it you know we have that strong suction in the toilets yes yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes yes so there's a thing that crews do we we will do it when we're on the plane with no passengers but i had this pilot 
who I was telling it to on a flight to Honolulu. And uh, he said, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm like, no, no, no. We don't do this with passengers on board. It was a totally full flight, like full of vacation <laughs> passengers. And he's like, let's do it. Let's do it. And, and I'm like, we, we don't do it with people. He's like, he's the captain. And I was like, all right. So I went back and what you do is you wad up the toilet paper and you oh, put no. it in the toilet and then you roll it out the entire <laughs> length of the airplane. Okay. Like from the back of the airplane where it's stuffed in the toilet all the way up to the very front door. I had to get the pilot out of the cockpit, which is difficult with all the security stuff. And then I gave my friend in the back, Louise, I gave her the thumbs up and she hit the flush and it went up like a wet noodle, like in two seconds, <laughs> all the way back to the plane. And all the passengers were like, what? <laughs> oh no, that's terrifying. They are, they are really loud. Those, those yes, toilets are yes. so loud. Because I think it's on. They have it was not mine, but they have other people showing it on the on YouTube and things. The toilet paper trick. <laughs> that is terrible. So you were uh, you were saying earlier you've obviously got uh, your first book out, which um, which I've got on my Kindle. So you you say about uh, you're, you're going to release a second book soon. Yes, it's called Betty and the Jets, sort of like the theme song. And uh, this is all just uh, crazy travel stories because I've done some. I've been so fortunate to be able to go places, but I also tend to have. Uh, a lot of stuff happen when I'm traveling, and it uh, makes for uh, good stories, which is great for the podcast. Actually, I'm probably the only person who goes on vacation that doesn't want everything to go uh, perfectly because you come home and it, it, there's no story on the podcast that's great that says the food was good, everybody was nice, <laughs> yeah. it was beautiful. It's the most boring story ever. <laughs> so, do you, do you get actually going on to the food and stuff? Do you do you get to um, to sample or to 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 have some of the, f- the food that the uh, passengers have on the flights, Bay. Oh, yes. Actually, they board us uh, first-class meals. What? Really? Ooh. Yes, I know. I hate to sound... It's it's very different uh, if you're <laughs> flying international or domestic. Yeah. Uh, like here in the United States, we don't even have complimentary food. Uh, for, you know, we sell food. So like, that, it's completely different. And domestic flights, the flight attendants are carrying around like... A little refrigerator because there's like no food and they're always running from flight to flight. But then on the international flights, they board us a first class meal. And, you know, we get crew rest where you get like a pillow and a duvet. Wow. It's, it's like um, it's completely different. They're, they're very nice to us. Oh, wow. <laughs> so what's uh, what's the future hold uh, for you, Betty? Then what uh, what plans have you got for the future? Well, I have a lot of plans for the future. Uh, I think, probably, you know most of us who have a lot of interests, but uh, I still, I never would have thought in a million years I'd be doing the podcast for 10 years. Really, wow. I never, ever would have thought so, but I'm actually now starting to write uh, fiction. Oh, like cool. I said, I was never a writer, but uh, I've gotten you got the bug, so much. Wow. Yeah. Yes, and what I'm doing now is, since I like to travel so much, a lot of the podcast listeners have said, we'd really like some like more detailed information about the <laughs> location because i'm basically usually just telling a funny story or some highlights from a trip but what i'm planning on doing is writing a fictional story and set in different parts of the world but then you get more of a flavor of the uh place but also um you know a story that they haven't heard before but they're also going to be short uh they have kindle singles on amazon where it's like uh, 40 or 80 pages mm. so it's like 99 cents and i think with today's attention spans and things also the short <laughs> yeah yeah um, format is kind of good <laughs> yeah no, definitely. so i haven't done it yet actually this is the very first time i've never even mentioned this on my oh. podcast i haven't been telling people because it's an exclusive hey, we have an exclusive that's very exciting <laughs> <laughs> i just want to kind of make sure you know 
I'm spending a lot of time on the first one. I want to make sure it's good. <laughs> yeah, quite right, quite right. Well, Betty, it, it has been nothing short of an absolute privilege to have you here on the Plain Talking UK podcast. And you guys are wonderful. <laughs> oh, thank you. you. You can come again as well. Uh, if you haven't <laughs> caught Betty, where have you been? You must be hiding under a stone or whatever. If you want to listen to Betty, go to, to go to her website. It's www.bettyinthesky.net. Uh, go straight to her pages there. You can listen to her podcast. As I say, if you haven't done so already, it is very much a recommended listen. Thank you ever so much, Betty, for joining us live here in the studio. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. Yes, and from me as well, Betty. It's uh, it's been great to actually to talk to the person that uh, yeah. that I've been listening to on on uh, on your podcast. So that's really that's the, one one of the uh, ticks I can put in the box now for my uh, <laughs> my life lifetime experiences. I think yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But uh, safe. I wish you all happy flying. Yes, yeah. and you safe safe flying uh, always, Betty. And uh, no, thanks ever so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Then bye bye now. Bye bye. Yeah, it's been a busy old it's show. Been a busy we, we show. had a great interview with Betty yeah. earlier, as as I'm sure you heard. Um, so yeah, looking for, I'm looking forward to listening back to this one myself. Actually, it's, oh, been, it's, it's been really good. It's fun. been really good fun. But, uh, so I think I think I speak for all of us here in the chat room, live on YouTube, and uh, those listening to our podcast by other means around the world. Carlos, we all hope you have a really, really lovely time <laughs> in Malta. We all feel for Gemma, but hopefully you'll leave her with plenty of wine I so know. that she can enjoy herself whilst you're at the Malta sh- Hair Show on your annual holiday. I should stress this is the annual holiday, and he's abandoning his wife to go to an air show. Isn't he a lovely husband, everyone? I, can, I, can, I just, can I just say as well? Yes. Oh, this uh, is going to get worse, isn't it? Why, yeah. what, what new news do you have for I'm, me? I'm going to meet the, um, the curator and the owner of the Malta Aviation Museum next Thursday. Well, the rest of us all think that's really cool. Um, but um, how did you get that through the wife? Have you I'm actually s- told the wife? She thinks we're going somewhere else. <laughs> oh, no. But, um, uh, it's just as well she doesn't listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I shall be going. I shall be going. Don't tell my wife. No, no. But I'm, I'm going to be going on Thursday to the Malta Aviation Museum <laughs> oh, no. to, uh, to interview Ray Polladino. Pol- Who's the uh, guy who owns the who runs the Malta Aviation Museum? So uh, yeah, I shall be there interviewing him Thursday. Fantastic! <laughs> well, that's that, that's great. Uh, so on, on that bombshell, on ladies that and bombshell, gentlemen, it is really is time to say goodbye to episode number seventy nine. It's yes. been a busy old show, as I'm so sure Matt, you know. Yes, where if they don't know. Can listeners find us? It's a good point. You can find us on our fabulous new spandangled website. That is www.plaintalkinguk.com. That's www.plaintalkinguk.com. Find us on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk. And our Twitter handle is at plaintalkinguk. So that's where you can find us. Send us your feedback and everything. And don't forget to join us next week where we're going to have a special link up from uh, Malta. Yes, that uh, should be a challenge for me. Yes. Uh, Matt's going to be running everything here yes, in the conservatory studio. Yes, and uh, I will be, hopefully, Wi-Fi permitting, I yes. shall be broadcasting. Joining us live. And joining you live, yes, uh, hopefully. Yes. So that's where we're going to bring episode 79 to a close of the Plain Talking UK podcast. Thanks, everyone, in the chat room again for joining yeah, it's us. Been, it's been lovely to have so many people Your in legends. Yeah, we absolutely. love you all in there. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, thanks again to Betty for coming on oh, the show yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because uh, it was great to, it was uh, great. to finally it was speak great. to Betty. Yeah. Yeah. And we have got, uh, in, the, in the future, lined up, we have got some more really awesome guests as well yeah. lined up. Yeah. Yeah. So look out for those. And don't forget to keep listening to the show. Fantastic. There we are. That's where we bring it to a close. Look up at that camera over there Carlos and say bye bye so for me Carlos it's a holiday <laughs> goodbye <laughs>
and from a slightly fed up Matt who's stuck here in the UK but never mind the following week I shall be going on holiday so yeah. we, we've got two live link ups where you've got to do it all from the from the game oh no yeah uh, there may not be a YouTube version for there that may because Carlos is already having permutations but anyway enough of this good night good night everyone bye, bye.